many people tend to think and um, talk to words and wonder why we um, emphasize faith a lot. You know, um, some people say, I'm not really a faith person. I'm a Christian, yes, but I, 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 don't, I wouldn't describe myself as being part of the faith camp. You know, well, um, the, the truth is that every Christian is called a believer. You know, and um, there is nothing like a believer who doesn't believe. In in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fifteen, the Bible says, uh, thinking about the um, New International Version, what does a believer have in common? You know, with an unbeliever. So believers or Christians are generally called a believer. You know, are generally called believers. So um, every one of us has something to do with faith. You know, Ephesians. Chapter 2, verse 8 says, we are saved by grace through faith. So you see that you, could, you wouldn't have become a Christian without faith. If you actually got born again, you had to exercise faith in what you heard. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You had to believe in your heart, Romans chapter 10, and speak it with your mouth before you became saved. You know, so you see that faith, you started out as a believer um, um, exercising your faith. So there's no such thing as a Christian saying that I'm not a faith person. You know, um, um, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, in Romans chapter 3 verse 28, the Bible says that we are justified by faith. Hallelujah. We are justified. We are made righteous by faith. So if you're a believer, the way you became a believer, or the way you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is by faith. Hallelujah. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 also says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, sometimes people want to say, you know what, all my goal in life is to please God. And I, I think that is a good goal. You know, my goal in life is to please God. And somewhere behind their mind is that they want to live a righteous life or a holy life, as, as we tend to say. Nothing wrong with living a life that is righteous. Nothing wrong with living a holy life. But you see, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. God. You know, and if you read the whole of Hebrews, you see how men of old had to exercise their faith and God gave them a thumbs up. Even though their lives might have been the best as you like to see it, you know, but because they lived close in fellowship with God and by faith, they got a thumbs up in Hebrews chapter 11. So, so faith is a very important subject. You know, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, you know, and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38, all say something, that the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is such an important subject that every believer, the Bible emphasizes that every believer can and should live by faith. How are we supposed to live our lives? By faith. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse, 4, verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. We do not walk by, the, by our feelings. We do not walk by things that we see. Uh, the way we conduct our lives, the way we carry out our Christian life is by faith. You know, what am I trying to do? I'm just trying to let you know from the scriptures that faith is a very important subject, if not the most important subject that every believer should have a grasp of. Romans chapter 14 verse 23, it says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You see, if you are not walking in faith, well, 
according to that scripture, <laughs> you know, you can make the conclusion. You know, we have to walk by faith. That, that's an expectation by every believer. James chapter 1 verse 17 says that, you know, let not that man think. James chapter 1 verse 17. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. That's verse 8 and 9. But in verse 7, what it then says is that we should act in faith and not doubt. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, because if you do not act in faith, and if you doubt, just be rest assured that you will not receive anything from the Lord. You know, because we haven't understood the principles of faith and carried it out as the Bible has um, as dictated for us, one of the things we begin to see is that people begin to rationalize. Why did my prayer not get answered? People begin to say, well, it's probably God's fault. You know, there are times where God wakes up on his bed, and when he looks at his children answering him, um, asking him for something, he looks at them and says, well, today is a good day. Let me just tell everybody yes, you know, and answer all their prayers. Then tomorrow he wakes up and he's not really looking nice. You know, let me tell them maybe, yeah, I would get, you need to talk me into the notion of answering your prayers, you know, and, some, and another day he just say, you know what, today is a really bad day. So, you know what, no, the answer is no. However, what we would have done is go back to the scriptures and say, what does the Bible say about about asking God. The Bible says in, in, in 1 John chapter 5, this is the confidence that we have that we, if we ask anything according to his will, the Bible says that he hears us. He hears us. Now, it also says that if we ask anything and if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have received those things that we have asked of him. You see, the Bible is very clear about asking and receiving. It has to be in faith if you actually want to have answers to your prayers. Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you do not believe that you receive them, you will not have them. You see, faith is such an important subject that all of us need to understand and begin to practice it. First Peter chapter 5 verse 9 talks about the fact that you resist the devil steadfast in faith. Without faith, the devil will not flee if you do not, if you do not resist him based on your faith. You know, the Bible says, First Peter chapter 9 verse 5, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 talks about taking the shield of faith and quenching every fiery dart of the enemy. The enemy will bring things against you. The enemy will want to stand in front of you to push you down to make sure that you do not realize God's giving plans and purposes for your life. What you need to do is take that shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Romans chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible says that we access God's grace by faith. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about the grace of God. There is a lot of talk in the last 5 to 10 years about the grace of God. People are always mentioning the grace of God. And that is beautiful. But you see, the Bible says that the grace of God has appeared unto all men. Right? But not all men are saved. The Bible also talks about that fact. That not all men are saved. Why are not all men saved? Because people haven't learned how to access the grace of God by faith. Faith gives us 
access into the grace of God. But that scripture also says that wherein we stand. You see, there is grace for you to stand in times of distresses, in times of circumstances that the devil will throw against you. The grace of God is there and is there to give you the ability to stand. But you see, you will not stand if you do not access it by faith. And those are the things that we, we're going to talk about. First John chapter 5, verse 4. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You see, there is no overcoming without faith. You cannot overcome the world without faith. Acts chapter 3 verse 16, the Bible says that through faith in his name, this man was made strong. Acts chapter 3 verse 16, that's Peter talking about the man who was lame at the gate. You know, when the Bible says, when Peter, looked, Peter and John looked at him and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, Peter and John told the people who were asking them some questions, when they were looking at them like it was through their power that that man got healed. Peter and John looked at them and said, see, it is through faith and faith in the name of Jesus that this man got healed. You know, so you cannot even do ministry and do the works of Jesus without faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. Faith is part of the foundational elementary teachings of the church. So you see, when somebody gets born again, one of the six things the person needs to know is how to live and walk by faith. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. You know, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. You see, the word of God will not do you any good if you do not mix it with faith. Hallelujah. If you do not mix the word of God with faith, it will not do you any good. So there are a lot of people that hear the word of God and say, hmm, that is a good word. You know, that was fantastic. The preacher was on fire today. But you see, if that word is not mixed with faith, something would happen. It will not do you any good. You know, so when you hear different sermons, when you look at the word of God, and that scripture was actually talking about the Israelites when they had the word of God in the wilderness, but they did not do anything about it. Rather, they did not mix it with faith. They doubted it and because of their unbelief they were not able to enter into the promised land or the rest that God has promised them. So it's the same thing for us believers today. We hear the word of God if we do not mix it with faith and say, I believe that. I believe that and that settles it. Something happens to us. We will not be able to get what God has promised us. Praise God. So that, that, that's by way of introduction. All I've just done is just to prove to you that faith is the most important subject in the Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So um, let, let's just take our text, um, Romans chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. Romans chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. You see, the Bible um, is a very practical book. Faith is a practical lifestyle. And we need to learn how to live and walk by faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness, of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of them that believed. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Verse 12. The father and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet 
uncircumcised. Today, I want to talk about the faith steps of Abraham, following the faith steps of Abraham. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. We pray for ourselves. You know that you will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our heart being enlightened that we will know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power that is available to us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and you've given him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that gives all in all we give you all the praise and glory in the name of Jesus amen so we keep looking at Romans chapter 4 verse 11 and 12 which is really our anchor scripture verse 12 says that that we should walk in the steps of faith which our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. You know, today I just want to draw out from this Romans 4 scripture, you know, the steps of faith that Abraham followed in his walk of faith to obtaining the promise. Because sometimes just looking at the way we understand faith and the way we have practiced faith, there are a few things that Abraham did that God recorded in Romans chapter 4 that will be of good interest to all of us. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, that we have in the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We therefore believe and therefore speak. What does it mean? That we have the same spirit of faith, like these giants of old, like our father Abraham. You know, Abraham is our father not because we are Jews. Abraham is our father because of the promise. You know, the Bible talks about in Galatians chapter 3 and 4, that the promise was given to Abraham and his seed and who is that seed? The seed is Christ. You know Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Being made a cause for us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 you know for it is written cost is anyone that hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles also and that we might receive the promise of faith and um, the promise of the spirit through faith. You know so when we are talking about working in the steps of Abraham we're doing Doing that because the Bible says that he is our father of faith and we can learn faith lessons from him. You know, so let us just keep reading. What did Abraham do, you know, when God spoke to him? In Romans chapter 4, I'll read verse 16 to 22, then we'll take it one step at a time, trying to understand exactly what Abraham did. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. The promise of God is sure to those who are of faith of Abraham. The promise of the word of God. This is what he's saying. The promise of the word of God. What God has said in his word is sure to those who are of the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
you know, who is the father of us all? Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations in the presence of he who believed, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they were. You know, Apostle Ade, you know, you know, yesterday when he was talking about words and contradictions, you know, I just stepped at him now. You know, when he talked about words and contradictions, he went back to Genesis. And Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, he said something that there was darkness all over the earth. You know, everything looked like it was in chaos. God didn't say, hey, well, the world is dark. No, that's not what God said. You know, God didn't say, ah, now wow, the world is dark. You know, somebody says, I like it real. I like saying it as it is. You know, well, my example is that of God. The Bible says in Mark, Mark 11, 22, have the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. The God kind of faith is what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 4. Who calls those things that be not as though they were. So when God looked at the world and looked at the fact that it was dark, he didn't say, Angel Michael, come. What are we going to do? The world is dark. When you look at your life and it looks like it is bleak and dark, what do you need to do? You need to call those things that be not as though they were. Just the same way God looked at it and shouted, let there be light. And the Bible says there was light. That is exactly how you are supposed to do or behave in your own life. However, that is not my point today. Let me just go ahead before I get carried away. You know, verse 18 this is talking about Abraham, and this is where we're going to focus our conversation on today. Who contrary to hope, hallelujah, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, hallelujah, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, we'll explain that, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what which was spoken, so shall your descendants be, verse 19, and not being weak in faith. Hallelujah. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, he, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he who? God. What God had promised, God was also able to perform and therefore... It was accounted to him for righteousness, or he received the end of his faith. Hallelujah. Okay, so four things that the Bible recorded about Abraham's, you know, um, um, Abraham when he faced adversity. Number one, Abraham believed God in the face of contradictory evidence. You know, what Brother Ade calls, you know, contradictions. Abraham believed God in the face of contradictions. You know, you know the Bible says that who contrary to hope. Against who against hope in hope believe. You know, sometimes you read the King James and it sounds somehow. You know, this is verse um, verse 17 um, verse 18. I'm reading. You know, what he's saying is that when you look at the natural circumstances, there is no hope. What is that natural circumstance? Abraham was a hundred years old. There is no hope for a man who is a hundred years old to, to, to impregnate a woman who is 99 or 90 years old. There is no hope in natural circumstances there were no hope. Is it Sarah that did not conceive at 25? Is it Sarah that did not conceive at 30? Is it Sarah that did not conceive at 40 that will conceive at 90? You see, in the natural look of things, there was no hope. But in spite of that circumstance, Abraham believed. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. In spite of that circumstance, Abraham believed. What did Abraham believe? He believed the word of God. Hallelujah. He believed the word of God. You know, God didn't tell Abraham, I will make you a father of many nations. Did you notice that? You know, God, faith speaks now. It calls those be things that be not as though they are. Faith speaks about now. God told Abraham, I have made you. I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. Maybe the first time Abraham heard it, he was like, he was wondering, I'm sorry, sir, I have no child. What do you mean by you have made me? God was calling those things that be not as though they were. And thank God Abraham began to learn that. What is that situation and circumstance that is standing against you? You need to take the word of God and look into the word of God and find out what does the word say? about this situation and like Abraham you need to keep rehearsing them to you over and over again believe God's word you just say to yourself I choose to believe God's word I choose to believe God's word ah that your house is burning you know your insurance is out everything you have is gone you know you should as well just end it because all your life savings everything is gone you say I choose to believe God's word I choose to believe God's word. What does the word of God say concerning me? You know, Christ has redeemed me from the cause of the law. Being made a cause for me, for it is written, causes everyone that hang on the tree. What should I believe about God's word? For I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor, that I through his poverty might become rich. What do I know about God's word? And my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What am I doing? In the face of contradictions, I choose. To believe God's word. Ha! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's what you need to do. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. You know, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What do you need to do? You need to go back. The first day it might not look easy. That's the truth. It might not look easy. It looks like the world is crumbling under your shoulder. What do you need to do? Just open your Bible and just keep reading it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Open your Bible. Just keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. What are you doing? Faith is coming. 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 Faith is coming in your heart. Hallelujah. The second thing Abraham did, Abraham did not consider contradictory circumstances. Abraham did not consider contradictory evidence. You know, when, they came, when, when it looked like, see, I am 100 years old, my wife, her womb is gone. You know what? He did not consider it. What did he consider? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. What did he consider? He considered the word that God spoke to him. See, I have made you the father of many nations. What are you considering? What are you considering? What are you considering? Abraham first believed the promises of God, that God will make him the father of many nations, even when the circumstances did not look like it. You know, a story is told about Peter. <clears throat> you know, a lot of us preachers, we criticize Peter. But one of the things we need to first do is give Peter a kudos for at least doing something that we have not done before, which is what? Walk on water. Matthew chapter 20, uh, 14, verse 28 to 32. You know, he walked on water. His faith worked at some point. You know, but I, I believe that this is one of the biggest lessons that in your faith walk we need to learn. <clears throat> because, you see, yes, there, we're speaking God's word. We're saying a lot of things. Let me take a water break. 
We are saying a lot of things, you know, and we, we, we keep speaking the word of God, but there, but there are times that the contradictory evidence will seem to rise above what you know in God's word. What do you do at that time? Peter, <clears throat> when Jesus was walking on water, you know, Peter, Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it is you, Matthew 20, 14, 28, command me to come to you on the water. You know, so Jesus said, come. Hmm. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Peter actually walked on water. The Bible says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was a bit afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out to the Lord, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, let's say this. When Peter started walking on Jesus, his eyes was focused on Jesus. And he was standing on nothing else but the word of God to him that says, come. So Peter was walking on that water. But you see, the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, the moment you take your hand, your eyes off the word of God and begin to consider the wind boisterous and begin to consider the things around you, the moment you do that, something happens to you. Your faith begins to fail. Hallelujah. So Peter, you know, now, you see, the way the devil works is that the devil works with suggestions. He tries to blow things out of proportion. You know, you're coughing. You just, something just got into your throat and you just cough. And the devil say, ah, you know, that's how he started though, yesterday for the other guy. And somebody would have told you one story that he would remind you immediately and say, you know, you know, this corona thing times now, you know, if you just cough, it's, it's corona, you know. You know, and you just start saying, oh, my God. And you start imagining, and think, what is he trying to do? He's trying to get you in the position where he can attack you. He wants to get your consent. You know, so what did Peter do? Instead of looking at Jesus and focusing on that word, he began to consider the contradictory evidence. And he began to sink. The moment you take your eyes off the contradictory evidence and focus it on the word of God, you are on your way to receiving that which you believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three, Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God. Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God. And you see this in verse 20, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. The Greek word that is translated stagger, you know, in KJV has several meanings. And when you look at them, one of the things you see is oppose, you know, um, contend, withdraw from, discriminate, doubt. Judge, you know, and let's, let's read it a little bit with some of these meanings. Abraham did not oppose the promises of God. What does that mean? You know, that somebody comes to you, you're going through a trying time, and somebody comes to you and is reading the word of God to you and say, you know what, this is what the word of God says. You know, the word of God says, by his stripes you are healed. The word of God says this. The word of God says this. I say, eh, we've heard all of that. I know that. You know, I know that, but 
What are you doing? You're opposing the promises of God. It might be a joke, you know, but, but you're opposing the promises of God. You're opposing the promise. Hey, yeah, I know that the Bible says that, but you're judging the word of God. You are saying the word of God is not faithful. You are saying the word of God is not solid. You are saying the word of God is not true. You are saying God is not a man or is not, is not one who gives or who says something, right, and does it. That's what you're saying. Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God. He did not oppose the promises of God. He did not discriminate against the promises of God. He did not contend with the promises of God. He did not withdraw from the promises of God. What did he do? He stood strong. You know, James chapter 1 verse 5. You know, the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. To stagger at the promises of God is you being a double-minded man. You are being unstable in your ways. Abraham was single-minded. You see, faith is single-minded. The word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Hallelujah. Faith is single-minded. The word says it. I believe it. Regardless of what is going on around me, I believe it. Regardless of what is going on around me, like somebody says, I am standing on the word. On the word. Oh, they came and meet you and say, ah, you know, just as we are talking about this, this other thing happened. Well, I am standing on the word of God. I will never be moved. I will not be shaken. I have this hope as an anchor to my soul. You know, the word of God, I have pitched my tent there in such a way that even if the wind throws around the boat of my life, around and around, my anchor is safe in God's word. And I will not be carried away by that wind. Ha, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Abraham was single-minded. Hallelujah. You know, he was single-minded. He was single-minded. God said, I will be the father of many nations. You know, God said, he has made me the father of many nations. That's what I believe. My name is not Abraham. My name is Abraham. My name is not Abraham. My name is Abraham. I am a father of many nations. Hallelujah. Number four, and the last thing, as I begin to round up, Abraham was strong. In faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, Brother Higgins says, you know, that the ingredients of a strong faith is giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. <laughs> you know, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. You see, some people make a shipwreck of their faith because they hear a testimony that talks about somebody who learned about faith, practiced the word, and took some giant strides. And they feel that they can just stand up and take that giant stride, you know, and they make a shipwreck of their faith because like the Egyptians did, you know, the Israelites walked on that water as a result of faith, but the Egyptians drowned because they were following without having the word for it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Abraham was strong in faith. Notice, you know, all we have said is leading up unto this. Abraham believed God's word. God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Abraham believed it. You know, number two, Abraham did not, you know, Abraham... Abraham did not consider the contradictory evidence. Number three, Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God. And Abraham was strong in faith. You see that there is a progression. You know, Abraham, there is a progression here. You know, Abraham did not start out saying, okay, you know what? You know, I am going to be strong in faith. I'm strong in faith. I'm strong in faith. I'm strong in faith. What did he do? He had to first go and... Look into God's word. That's how to get strong in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sit down and meditate upon. Don't be in a hurry. You're not in a hurry. Spend time in the word of God. Spend time in the word of God. When the devil brings thoughts to you, you know, the Bible says, cast it down all imaginations and every heightened that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bring it into captivity. All thoughts to the obedience of Christ. So the devil is bringing thoughts. You know, the devil is saying, oh, you are sick. You are dying in two weeks. You know, and what do you say? You look at the word of God again and say to yourself, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. You know, surely he has borne my griefs, my sicknesses, my weaknesses, my distresses, and carried my sorrows and pains. The devil said, you are dead. You say, no. The word of God says, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me all his salvation. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You are bringing thoughts down to the obedience of Christ and his word. Hallelujah. So, so Abraham was strong in faith. Verse 20 says, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced, being fully convinced that he that had promised, he was also able to perform. Think about this. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, talking about Paul and Silas, went to Philippi, went to preach the gospel, you know, got into some trouble and they were thrown in prison. Now with their bars hurting, with their hands in stocks and their legs in chains, you know, rather than sit down there and Paul would just go to Silas and say, oh boy, nah, this, this, this gospel that they came and gave me, right, you know, it's looking very difficult to go and preach it, you know. I think that I, I, I can do tent making, you know, I can, I can do other things, I'm an educated man, I can argue in the court of law, I think I have to drop this Bible and go and do other things. Nah, what do you think? You know, that's not what he said. You know, that's not what he said. The Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. What does midnight mean? Like Brother Higgins would say, the midnight there could actually mean that in that midnight, at the time of the hour when it's referred to as midnight, or it could also mean at the time where you feel the darkest, at the time where you feel you, you can't go any lower, you're at the lowest point of your life. One of the things that you should do is do not give up on your praise. Do not give up on your worship. You know, you just want to say, Lord, I want to thank you because you are good. Lord, I want to thank you because you're beautiful. I want to thank you because your word is true. That's what David says. Psalm 103, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what are the benefits of the Lord. Who forgives all, not some of them, not half of them, not, not um, some part of it. Who forgives all your iniquities. He didn't say, he then goes on, who heals all, all, 
all, all your distresses, all your diseases. You know, who crowns your life with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who fills your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like evil? Oh, glory to God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. What are you doing? You are showing that you are now strong in faith. Hallelujah. The devil said, oh boy, make they go, make they go. This guy, this guy, you know, you know they're there again. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's leave him alone. He's a madman. You know, and you say, yes, yes, yes. The word of God makes me excited, right? I am strong in faith. I am strong in faith. The devil cannot get a hold of somebody who knows how to give God praise. In the midst of circumstances. In the midst of circumstances. So you give God praise and glory. You know, we used to sing the song, Be magnified, O Lord, you are highly exalted. You know, when we say that, you know, I want you to think about that word magnify. You know, if you take a magnifying lens and put it under, put it, put it, um, whatever you want to call it, put an ant under it, put something under it. You know, what happens is that the magnifying lens makes it bigger in your eyes. It doesn't change Right? The size of that animal or that insect or whatever it is you put on that, but it makes it bigger in your eyes. You know, that's what praise does to us. When we begin to praise God, something happens to us. Our eyes begin to see God as big as he truly is. The eyes of our understanding begins to get enlightened in the midst of the situation. The situation begins to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And God begins to do what? Get what? Bigger and bigger and bigger in our eyes. So this is what I want to tell you today, brothers and sisters. Let us hold fast to God's word. Let us hold fast to God's word. It is not a matter of what the situations and circumstances are saying. Yes, they will say things that contradict what the word says. But I dare you today, if you will hold fast to God's word, you will come out on the other side on top. Hallelujah. You will come out victorious. You will come out, you will come out victorious because the Bible says, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Always, not sometimes, not when he feels like it. Every single time, every single time, who always causes us to triumph and through us spread forth the fragrance of his glory in every place. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Your word is true. We give you all the praise and glory. Thank you because your word is a light onto our feet and a lamp onto our path. Thank you for everyone who heard this message. Thank you because you are opening the eyes of our heart. You know, so that we will know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of the power that is available to us? We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.